On November 26, 1929, private investigator David Crawford has notified his brother that he will be going to the city of Innsmouth, Massachusetts. The last contact that Daniel Crawford had with his brother was a short phone call made from what it would appear Innsmouth shortly after David's arrival to the city two months ago. The phone call was brief, but within the short conversation, David explained why he was there and what was he hoping to achieve. It appears that private investigator Crawford has been given a job regarding a missing piece of exotic jewellery that his client wanted to retrieve. The jewellery was believed to be located in Innsmouth, however the client could not or did not wish to share how they have come by such knowledge. The pay was handsome, and for a struggling private investigator such as Crawford, it was an offer he could not afford to decline. Since the last message, there has been no further contact with Mr. Crawford, and his current location is unknown. He has officially been deemed missing and an active police investigation is underway, though very little suggests that it will come to any conclusive end due to general lack of leads and information regarding the missing person. The following recount is based on the notes of David Crawford taken from his personal diary found in Innsmouth by the private investigator that David's brother, Daniel, has hired to find out what has happened to him. The private investigator that has been sent to find out the whereabouts of Mr. Crawford has not yet come back and has not contacted his clients in over two weeks' time. The last contact came in the form of a letter and a package. The letter mentioned that the package held inside a notepad of the missing private investigator Crawford and that no one in the city appears to have seen him nor remember anyone like David, despite his personal notebook being found in a dilapidated fishing hunt by the port. This recount was organised and created from the notes of private investigator Crawford in hopes of shedding more light into what has occurred within Innsmouth, in hopes of finding some more information about his current whereabouts. The first entry in the journal appears to be written with a relaxed cursive shortly after arriving to the city of Innsmouth. November 29th, 1929. I have just arrived to Innsmouth and I must admit I have not seen uglier city than that in my life. Maybe it's the Greystone. Maybe it's the dilapidated state of the city, or maybe just the general disarray and lack of any organisation, but the city square. The whole city appears to be forgotten by everyone and left along to rot among the trash and bird waste. It's plenty of that here. On top of that there is the smell, the ever-present fish smell. A kind of mix of sea salt with rotten fish that appears to follow you everywhere you go in this godforsaken place. I am about to book myself into a local inn to spend the night, and unfortunately, despite the grim and rather unwelcome looking view the building presents, I am forced to stay in here, as the city lacks any other better place where one travelling through Innsmouth, such as myself, could stop by. As long as the dead is not dirty and mouldy, I'll make it. For the money I'll get for the necklace, I'll even spend the night in the barrel full of dead fish. The next entry in the journal was written the following day. November 30th, 1929. The night was a hell. Strange dreams of drowning in fish barrel were not the most welcome, but with that ever-present smell of that bloody fish, I'm not surprised I've had fish nightmares. I cannot really comprehend how locals can stand it. Just a single night and I've had it already. There appears to be a break here, and entries continued in what is expected to be late evening hours. 
The writing appears to be a bit more chaotic than before, as if someone had hurriedly written the notes or had written them under the rest. The first day was not as fruitless as expected, but I did manage to get some information from the old rank of a fisherman that I found in the nearby fish factory. Smelling of cheap bourbon he was, yeah, and with a black teeth smile, but he did turn out to be a more valuable source of information than others. The old man in his drunken haze told me few things that seemed to be plain drunk talk, but among that there was something that has caught my attention. I can tell you what I know, sir. Batok ain't cheap, and Bobo won't buy himself. Information is a costly business. I am well aware of that, and I do not come empty-handed today. Glass, you came prepared. It can't be your first case, is it? Who are you, actually? Uh, it doesn't matter. So, what do you want to know from all that? Is there anyone who recently has been acting suspicious or suddenly appeared to be wealthier than usual? Any big spenders or anything weird happening? Weird is the second nature of Ismalt. And with the order in our city, the whole place has gone to shit. But that's nothing out of ordinary for us folk here. Riches and money you came for, then you are in the wrong place. Because in the whole of Fishtown, we are there isn't much money, and only the family has much for sure. But you don't talk about them here unless you want to get in trouble with the order. What family are you talking about? And what order is it? Do you mean the big church-like building by the city square? Who are they? What do they want here? Hey, wake up! Zad, was it? Wake up, you drunk! <sighs> it's for nothing, that bloody bourbon knocked him out. I'll have to find him later. After the entry about the drunk person identified as Zad, the next entry comes from the day after. December 1st, 1929. I have failed to find the drunk again despite visiting the fish factory a few times today. I also have failed to get any new information about the order or the family. As soon as I ask anyone around about it, they give me a weird look and angrily and hastily walk away mumbling some sort of stupid excuse. 
I'm wondering if they are afraid of them. If that's the case, what's happening in this hellhole of a town? I'll have to continue tomorrow. For now, for I am really tired, I need to get some sleep. The next entry continues the following day. December 2nd, 1929. The nightmares came again. The fish this time were talking to me with their gurgling voices, as if drowning and trying to shout at the same time. It was hard to make out what they said, but they did mention some name. But I can't recall it. What was that name? The notes continued to explain another day of investigation work, which did not seem to bring any results. What has happened that night is unknown, however the next entry was written with a chaotic and disorganised handwriting, with a pen strongly pushed to paper, suggesting that it was written in a hurry and under stress. December 3rd, 1929. Someone is coming for me. I don't know who, I don't know why, but I know they have no good intentions. I can hear them coming upstairs. The entry stops here and is continued written in a different colour ink. It is assumed that the latter entry was written later the same day. Once again, the handwriting suggests significant amount of duress. I had to run, run faster and hide. They had guns and they didn't even try to talk to me. I snuck out to the roof through the window and luckily I did because seconds later they shot through the hole and barged in. I don't know who they are and where they are from, but the language they spoke was one that is not familiar to me. They must be some foreigners. It was a weird throat or gurgling sound. It sounded really more like an animal than a man. Whoever the foreigners are, they came here to kill me. That means that I must either run or hide. The note ends here with a half page being ripped out. The next entry is assumed to be written at night of the same day. Uh, they almost found me but now I am certain that it is not just few men. It is the whole bloody order. This is the whole bloody city. I don't know what's happening here but whatever it is I do need to get away. I must get away from Innsmouth. The note ends with a single drop of blood staining the paper. There are few pages left empty before new entry is written down. December 4th, 1929. I survived denied hiding in the bloody fish factory, but I found out something that goes beyond comprehension. Whoever, or whatever is looking for me is not human. It can't be. Their faces, their wretched fish-eyed faces, with scaled light skin, peeling off like an old wallpaper. They look like people, but at the same time they don't. And their language, their damn language of gurgles and weird sounds that pierce your ears with horror. 
as if foreboding your doom and despair. Whatever those things are, they wish me ill and they want me dead. Whatever those wretched things are, the whole city is with them. As if the whole Innsmouth belongs to them. What's weirdest is that people understand their language. I saw one of those things. A tall, fat, long-limbed man with pouty cheeks in colour of rotting corpse that has spent weeks underwater only to get caught in a fishnet and be found to be partially eaten by fish. That man gurgled its weird noises to locals and they followed suit as if the orders were made. The next and final entry is written in a hurry with what appears to be red ink. I am hiding in an old fish hut by the beachside. It's one of the hiding spots of the drunk I spoke with before, I think. There are burble bottles everywhere here. I don't know if I'm safe. They are still looking for me, I can hear them outside. The whole city is in uproar, as if the only thing on their mind is finding me. Whatever the hell I've done to them. To hell to them in this wretched city. Why have I agreed to come? Why have I taken the case? If only my greed did not drive me here. <laughs> Quiet. The riot sounds get louder. I could hear them coming. They know where I'm hiding. They're coming for me. They will not take me alive. I will take them down. I'll leave my notes here. If anyone ever finds them, tell my brother I love him. Tell my mother I'm sorry. And to whoever reads this now, get out of this city while you can. This is the last entry in the notes from the personal diary of private investigator David Crawford. The notes end suddenly, and while other pages are ripped out, there is no indication that entries continued. Of the whereabouts of the missing of both private investigator Crawford and private investigator hired by Mr. Crawford's brother, little is known. While the police investigation is underway and has been made aware of the notes found in the notepad, the official stance of the police has deemed them irrelevant and most likely fake, mentioning the fronting content as one of an untasteful joke. The case is opened, but whether it will ever come to a closure remains to be seen. Any information regarding private investigator Crawford will be highly valued and rewarded. So please, if you hold any information that might help close the case or establish the current whereabouts of private investigator Crawford, please contact Professor Daniel Crawford of Miskatonic University. Hello, it's Omar here and I hope you enjoyed our first audio drama episode in our Innsmouth special. 
We've never done anything like that before, but we do hope you enjoyed it. We definitely had lots of fun doing it. I never thought how hard editing is that I had to do this, and even though it was really hard, I still enjoyed it, and I just hope that you enjoyed it as well. Any comments and criticism are welcome, because if you enjoy it and if you like that episode, we might consider doing some more. Maybe again, going into a bit more Lovecraftian style, or maybe going into something else. In the end, there are so many different games we are talking about, so we might take source material and get inspired by something else. Thank you very much for listening to this episode. Once again, I hope you enjoyed, and we'll be with you soon. So take care, and enjoy our podcast. <laughs>